Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Norman, Internet Marketing Manager here at BlackBot and your host for this nonprofit technology podcast. This is episode 29 for August 11th, 2009. It's been a while since we've talked about Twitter here on the show, so I thought we'd revisit the social media darling. More and more nonprofits are using Twitter to connect with and listen to their supporters. So today we're going to use some specific topics as conversation starters. We'll look at hashtags, co-tweeting, tools of the trade, just to get started, and also take a look at some organizations that are using Twitter well. But before we get into the Twitter copia, let's meet today's panel. So coming to us from her natural habitat in Reston, Virginia, we have Danielle Brigida, the social media outreach coordinator at the National Wildlife Federation. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. We've missed you. Glad to be here. back. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> the weeks did not go by. I know. Um, it just, it felt like time stopped. <laughs> our last well, week. that's very kind of you. <laughs> really appreciate you being back on the show. And uh, Anna Richter, program coordinator at Intent, welcome back to the show as well. Thanks for having me again. It's yes. good to be here yeah. and with the Twitter goddesses. <laughs> yes, Twitter goddesses unite. And speaking of Twitter goddesses, <laughs> we have Wendy Harmon, the social media manager at the American Red Cross. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks for having me, yeah. for flattering Ah, <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to do. <laughs> you do amazing work up there. I can't wait to talk about it. Back again is uh, Frank Berry from San Diego. He's our director of professional services here at Black Bond. Welcome back, Frank. Hey, Chad. Glad to be here. And longtime podcaster and friend Steve McLaughlin, director of Internet Solutions. Welcome back, Steve. Hey, Chad. And thank goodness Twitter is back up because uh, we can all talk about Twitter on Twitter while we're talking about Twitter. It's fascinating meta life we lead. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, the idea behind today's show is that, you know, we often, when we're talking about uh, technology and social media and nonprofits, we often end up talking about Twitter. So I thought we'd just actually dedicate a, a show to it. So I have a couple topics we can throw out there, and I'm sure that'll lead us into other fascinating discussion. Though I thought I'd start with hashtags. I get a lot of questions about hashtags when I'm um, working with people that are using the service for the first time. So I just kind of thought I'd throw this out there and just kind of see what you guys, how, we, how would you define a hashtag? Like if someone asked you, what are those little pound signs with everything in Twitter? What do you tell them? When people ask me, um, I say that with Twitter, the 140 characters really limits, you know, how much you can say. So you use the hashtag as kind of um, attaching it to a keyword and then it, it helps group conversations. And I always use the example of like events and things like that as, as kind of continuing the conversation and grouping it in a way where you can, you can read it kind of in the long line. Right. So the idea then yeah. is yeah. that people go back and do a search on the hashtag to find these right. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I think about it as just a conversation tracker. And the, and the actual pound sign distinguishes it from the rest of the tweet. People always have kind of a question exactly. like, why not just use the word? Which you could. I mean, you could search on the you word, can, but yeah. it... But this differentiates it a bit. I mean, it's just a good way to track, yeah. Yeah, cool. Keeps it from blending in, like I said. So. I think it's silly a little bit. Why don't we just use the word? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I thought about that. But look at some of your tweets when you use hashtags. It might make the sentence kind of confusing. You know what I mean? You might yeah. need to put the word in parentheses or separate it from the rest of your tweets. I bet we'll look back in time and in a couple of years right. and laugh at the fact that we use the pound sign and the at sign. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> Among other Which things. Is, well, and you know, it's funny because... Like with most for a hashtag with like, you know, for Netroots Nation, for example, like NN09, no one's going to randomly say that in conversation where the hashtag's <laughs> cool is like, 
um, the climate bill that's coming up is is shortened to ACEs. And so if I were to just search ACEs, you know, people would be talking about Mavericks. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, but but pound sign ACEs is definitely the climate bill. So that's that's where I use it. I mean, I don't think people would randomly, I don't know, with events. The, the only other thing the hashtag does that I can tell is it alerts you to the fact that this conversation is continuing somewhere else, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Otherwise, whereas otherwise, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, People are like, why, why do you pound sign at this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just but to be cool, like, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> it it obviously seems like it's a way to to group things or tag things, kind of like in in the blogging world where you try to tag your posts and everything. But with kind of the real time search stuff coming up and um, all those t- types of things, I mean, who knows how it'll start to be used? It might even be. Someday Google might recognize hashtags and be able to use them in searches or maybe Facebook or, you know, who knows? It is kind of weird or silly, but it might take on a life of its own somewhere else. When used properly, like anything else, it can be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Pound sign help? Not really. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Now, what are some of the common hashtags that nonprofits can use? Like if someone's sitting in, in an org running their Twitter account, are there certain tags that you can apply to um, your tweets to sort of reach into the nonprofit community? I'm mean, obviously like the big one I think of is NP Tech, right? Which is for nonprofit technology. Yeah. There seem to be a few other ones out there, but honestly, I rarely see people using them. There's a hashtag for nonprofit and nonprofits, right? Nonprofit is, has about five times the volume of nonprofits. And it's funny because when I think, uh, think about those tags, uh, a lot of the people here on this call, I rarely see any of us using those, those tags. I don't use a lot of hashtags unless I'm at an event. Okay. There seems like some other big ones too, like fundraising and charity, and but uh, and Beth Cancer w- wants to start using NP Social, okay, for like social okay. media tips. That's cool. I mean, I actually don't realize I don't think that far ahead unless I am at an event or something right. to like hashtag it, or if if I see wildlife, I'll hashtag it. Right. So let's talk about but, events then, because I mean, obviously we, I, we all use them chronically at events <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's obviously a great way to get the stream and to learn about the event, but it's also a great way to like meet new people, right? And to, to find sort of new people to uh, bring into your Twitterverse. Absolutely. And offline, I think it's a great way. Usually you end up meeting the people you've been tweeting with in a session afterward and, and, and then you've made the offline connection. It's pretty cool. And a lot of times um, there's, you know, I've been at South by Southwest and at NTC where, uh, you know, the, the hashtag is used to actually field questions, to source questions from the, the audience during a session, which I think is a really great, great use of it rather than have everybody stand up and have to ask a question. And, yeah. And then there was all those sub tags that were created at, oh, at yeah. the NTC. I mean, during different sessions, folks were like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to tag everything. Well, I don't know, MP social if we were in best session and. And so then, but then there was still the meta tag for NTC or 09 NTC to aggregate all of the, all the tweets from the whole conference. Right. So that too. Cool. So if you had to tell um, someone that was just getting started with Twitter, one thing about hashtags, what would it be? What do they need to know? Don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah. They might not be around for very long. Uh, good point. Use sparingly. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that's good advice because when you see a tweet and it's full of like six hashtags, you don't even get anything out of it. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, what are, you, what are you left with? Yeah. And sometimes adding those hashtags on the end uh, makes your tweet non-retweetable. You know, if you're going to exactly. fill up your character limit with hashtags, then no one, no one can forward on your tweets. So. I often use them in an absurdist way on my personal account, make up some crazy long um, word that has to do with the, the tweet. That might be humorous, or at least I'm hoping it is. 
So Wendy, <laughs> lot, you crack me up all that. the time. Yeah. <laughs> you crack me up constantly with the way. No, I mean that's a great way to use them though for funny, funny uh, circumstances. Now, what about for something serious like Danielle? You guys use that NWF tag, and I know we've talked about it um, a bunch of times here on the show. But um, that's one of my favorite uses of of hashtags. Can you can you tell our audience a little bit about how you're using it there at National sure. Wildlife Federation? I mean, basically, we have a citizen monitoring program called Wildlife Watch, where you can go to our site and log on and share with us the wildlife you've seen. And for Twitter, you know, we we want we want to make it so that people who are out and about, whether they're outdoor enthusiasts or just you know walking to their car, they can hashtag it NWF, and then it shows up on our Wildlife Watch stream, which is on our website. And it's it's actually really cool. Um, it's it's only three letters, which you know, initially it was going to be hashtag wildlife, but hashtag NWF was quicker and easier. And I just, I find that a lot of people are using it and there's actually an iPhone app now that goes with it, but it's it's called Wild Obs. Nice. <laughs> and you can um, observe things and then um, Wild Obs will send you tweet code you can send with a link to a picture of your animal or to... But I think anytime you can turn, you know, online action into offline and stuff like that. It's funny because our Wildlife Watch program gets a lot of kids writing in the forums okay. being like I like wolves <laughs> but but our but our twitter stream actually gets a lot of rangers and park officials and, and people hashtagging things so yeah. that's neat great and what kind of like uh, tangible results have you gotten from sort of using that hashtag and integrating it into your communications program well right now we're just trying to build kind of a broader base and i mean we we launched it and the problem with it is and i think one thing that hashtags when you're doing something that's so over time, it's it's a little bit more difficult to really get impressive results right away. Okay. Um, and ours is so over time, it's not like limited. So we're trying to build you know, a, a significant amount of people using it. And then once that happens, we're going to segregate them out by where they live. And we're going to feed them up into where they live. So you can see, you know, five people in Virginia just saw a deer and this is where they are. Um, but tangible results, I mean, we get on average five or six people tweeting about it a day, but that it dies down tremendously on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some weekends it does, and some weekends it explodes. It just really depends. It's It's been really interesting to watch because you would think in spring you get more, but I think people are so overwhelmed by the wildlife they see <laughs> that they just stop tweeting about it, whereas during the winter months we were getting a lot, and we actually track it all through hashtags.org and... Well, that's a great resource to point out too. Hashtags.org. If you you know you're looking for you know hashtags that are related to uh, what you're doing or to a specific topic, um, it's got a great engine there and uh, can recommend some really cool stuff to check out. So, have you guys looked at your first tweet in a long time? By the way. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Hello. Is hello. Is this thing on? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Steve, I don't have yours because you kind of snuck into the call here. But uh, um, Wendy and I, oddly enough, uh, first started using Twitter on the exact same day. Are you serious? I am totally serious. June That's 8th, crazy. 2007. You have the same Twitter birthday. Yes, we do. And my tweet was, of course, completely stupid. Mine was just, what? I'm, I'm messing around with Twitter. Wendy's was classic. Yours was sneezing in a way no one else does, <laughs> which was really great. So uh, let's see. I continue to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You didn't happen to look up NWF's first tweet. No, I didn't. Was... But I have yours. Uh, it's related to that. It's Yours was, I've been uh, Twittering for NWF so far, but I'd like to add the personal touch. Yes. Yeah, that was very nice. 
And Anna's yours is pretty funny too. It was, uh, let's see, in uh, 2007, it was, uh, now I know what Holly is about to do. <laughs> so, oh, <God>. stalking <laughs> your boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, we sit, sit right next to each other. And uh, yeah. when I first got on Twitter, I was like, oh, now I know what Holly's doing over there. <laughs> let's, let's quiz uh, Frank. Do you remember what yours was, Frank? I have no idea. <laughs> You're setting up your first family blog for your trip. Nice. Yes. Happy to know that that's not even around anymore. So ah, um, there you go. Anyway, so just thought I'd bring that up just for some levity before we moved on. I thought some of that stuff was kind of funny. I was shocked that we joined the same day, Wendy. That's hysterical. We should um, have a party. Of, we should. Yeah, you guys really should. Yeah. Twitter. NWF's first tweet by me was just HTML code. I had no idea what I was doing. I had like copied and pasted nice. like code from a photo or from a badge or something and put it into Twitter. <laughs> that was NWF's first tweet. So yeah, so that that goes to my point of you know it can be kind of confusing when you're running multiple accounts and uh, so sometimes you know those of us that are managing social media we're in charge of both our personal and organization's Twitter account. I think several of us here are in that boat. There's a, definitely a lot of nuance to managing these two different hats. So you know I thought we'd give our listeners some advice on on maybe how to do this. There's a lot to be said for um, representing an organization via a personal account, branded as you. I think Anna, you all at Intend do a really great job of this. I know this is a strategy we kind of took at BlackBot in the early days as well, sort of to promote our brand via personal accounts. But most social media strategies these days call for a branded organization account. So when should a nonprofit consider using each kind of account? When is it good to use a personal account? And when is it good to use a branded organizational account? In thinking about using a branded organizational account, you really have to figure out exactly what value you're going to be providing to the community. Because if you're out there spamming all the time, it's uh, and by spamming I mean sort of rehashing your press releases and that kind of thing, I think you have to think a little bit differently and find the essence of what you can offer the community um, and, and, and be pretty specific about it. At least that's what's worked with us and I've done a lot of testing with it and it, and it seems to to really be what people want is tactical disaster updates, and they don't want to hear about much else from us there. I think we I think we take a similar sort of take on it with our at N10 with our, our basically we don't have an organizational account. We have the 09 NTC account, which now is the 10 NTC account, and that is you know more logistics and formal communication. And then we all have our individual accounts, which is is you know more of that relationship building that we do through Twitter. Right. So do you think relationship building could sometimes be better done through a personal account representing a, an organization versus the, the main account? Definitely. Yeah. Kind of, I completely agree because we have a lot of people who want to tweet or who want to start tweeting and but aren't comfortable having their personal account. Like we have programs and then we also have individuals and they file up to each other and it's just very complicated. But I do it on a person-to-person like level of comfort. Okay. You know, how willing are you to cross, you know, your professional and personal account kind of thing. Yeah, right. Some people I know definitely have have issues with that. Um, there's also the, I guess, the problem of like what happens when that person leaves your organization, especially if, you know, they're, uh, you know, maybe Anna, you maybe have thought about this. You've actually got intent cooked into your username. I guess you can change your username now, though. Yeah, you can change it. But I, but I have thought about it because so, so much of it is related to my work. So, you know, if I left, how would that play out? Would I still even want to use it? Right. Maybe not, you know. <laughs> And there's so, and then as well, there's with with Holly's account, which is Antenna Trusts. It's you know she's our executive director, and so much of the N10 brand is is around that as well. So you know, God forbid something happened, then you know we lose all that connection too. So it's something to think about for sure. 
But that is a topic that comes up. I know Danielle and I spoke uh, in, in Washington, D.C. last year in an event, and this topic came up, and they latched on to the whole notion of, well, what happens if Danielle leaves or does something else, and what happens to all this brand awareness equity that you've built up? And it's sort of the glass, either the glass is half empty or it's half full when you look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is, and part of the reason why I created personal account or a personal account for myself and personal accounts for a lot of my colleagues is so that you're kind of dispersing the weight, you know? I mean, if you're all kind of creating your own networks, then when I leave, yeah, it, it won't be great. But maybe the person who they hired to replace me or whatever, not saying that I'm leaving, but <laughs> maybe that, um, <laughs> that, that that person will bring a whole new level of context to the table. And it's not, you know, as long as there is a program or you have an overarching account that people can go to, I mean, I think that's what happens. I think it's pretty natural. And that's why I, I do think it's important a number of staff represent us in a number of different areas so that it's not just all one social media person who is the face of your organization and when they leave it's gone you know yeah it's kind of putting your investments in both risky and non-risky (laughs) (laughs) good analogy (laughs) i'll also add that we issued a social media handbook to all 700 of our chapters and so sort of empowered them to create their own strategies around different social media tools and over a hundred of them already have their own Twitter accounts. So we've spread that out too because, you know, people are looking for hyperlocal information from us as well. So letting them do that. And we have probably 500 Red Crossers that I know of using Twitter personally, but we don't list them. I don't, I haven't listed them anywhere yet because I haven't felt like we're quite ready to cross that personal professional. Yeah, that's, that's a great point to bring up. You know, we've, we've considered the same thing here at Blackbot. I know, I know Danielle, you guys actually have a page that's kind of like that, right? Where you list list people's Mm -hmm. accounts. And we actually have over 60 now, but I think I've only listed like 15 or so. And a lot of that is just because if people aren't really getting the hang of it or if they're not really comfortable (laughs) being on there, those are the two reasons where I don't put them up there. But a lot of people are on there, I think. Yeah, that's definitely a great way to promote your staff. I know Zappos did a great job of doing that. They always put all their staff out there for everybody to follow. Obviously, that's an extreme situation. So, um, What about having multiple users manage one account? Does anybody here do that at your organization? Like, Do more, more than one person contribute to the NWF account? Yeah, actually, it's funny, too, because we both prefer different clients. Like, I prefer CoTweet, and she prefers Hootsuite. Okay. But Kristen Johnson, or at KSUSJ, helps with NWF's <laughs> account. And it's actually been awesome because, you know, there are days where I'm just completely off the grid, or she is, and we can switch it off kind of thing. Right. And we're in communication all the time anyway, so it, it actually makes it much easier to share an account with someone you talk to anyway. So I can be like, hey, I'm about to tweet this or, okay. you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it works out pretty well. And actually, I just recently stopped visiting all of our field offices, but I'm encouraging our field offices to get one account for the whole office, um, which sounds crazy, but these people probably won't tweet very much and... <laughs> It's a good idea to kind of get them all sharing their information based around like local things. So, and do you think it's a good idea to promote who's behind the account? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's almost something people expect okay. at this point. You right. know, I don't know. What do you guys think, Wendy? Yeah, yeah, Wendy. I was gonna say yeah. who's who's feeding into your uh, massive following. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'm operating on best practices here, but we. I'm the main tweeter. 
uh, it was Claire Sale before she left. But there's several, there's a handful of people here who have the password and account to get in there if I'm out of pocket or gone and there's an emergency or something. But I'm the main tweeter. Okay. Does anybody well. use automated, any kind of like automated content that feeds into your account? Or is it all done manually? We did a little bit during the conference okay. just to get some, some main updates out there that we knew, you know, when we wanted to let people know that they should go here or there sort of thing. But, um, and we just used tweet later to do that. But for the rest of that that account, we all sort of just jump on and we all have the password for it. So, you know, I guess it's whoever feels like tweeting right. can. <laughs> so there's not really much strategy behind that. Yeah, I can, kind of, I can relate to that. What about like retweeting yourself? You know, like uh, you're managing the org's account, you're managing your account. Do you ever sort of retweet yourself on, on either side of the, of the coin? Occasion, just, I don't do it that much. Yeah, it's a little weird. It feels weird when I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Only from different accounts and not usually... Like I'll retweet what Kristen says and okay um, and other things, but it's not, you know. Or if I think something's really cool, then I'll share it on a couple of places. But right. sometimes I share it differently just to see which phrasing does better, because <laughs> ah. it kind of allows for you to test a little bit. That's true. That's good advice. That's definitely cool. I think the other thing about retweeting is if you're if you're putting out a message, it's important and part of the purpose you're really driving is to get it retweeted is to sort of count back on the um, on the number of characters, you know, what's your username plus the actual tweet itself and make sure you've left room in there. I'm, I've got a long Twitter name. I think it's like 12 characters because my last name is 11 characters long. So if I put something out that I hope somebody retweets, I sort of try and do the quick math at the bottom of the screen to tell me, you know, how many characters would be left. So Very true. Any kind of tools that help this organizing? Hootsuite's useful too. Yeah. If you have multiple accounts. Okay. I don't use CodeSuite to do like multiple accounts, but I, I've played with CodeSuite and actually like a lot of the features that it has in it. I mean, it's nice the way it kind of organizes things and you can schedule tweets and you can look at like the bit.ly stats for clicks and things like that. So it's got a lot of nice tools built into it. Is Hootsuite the same? Hootsuite is pretty similar. Um, one thing that CodeSuite has that Hootsuite doesn't is CodeSuite allows you, like if you're on one user's profile, you can see whether or not they're following all your other accounts, which I oh, use a lot. Cool. And you can see past conversations that you've had with them. So I can see that, oh, this person's follow Friday'd me five times. Mm -hmm. You know, I should right. really... Hootsuite's great now, and they actually just updated. They allow for groups now. And it's really good if you're managing a lot of accounts and, and you track through Alley links, whereas Bitly... The reason why I like CoTweet is because Bitly is what I was using primarily until super came out sup.pr mm. if you guys aren't using it it's awesome you can see the number of stumbles and the number of retweets say that again it's, daniel it's su.pr i believe and it's it's along with stumble upon um, and uh. so you can see the number of um, of retweets and the number of um, people driven to your site through stumble upon it's pretty it's pretty nice and it's just very easy to export which you know, not that I do it very often, but sometimes it's nice. So they they all have their perks, and that's actually why I use like a little bit of all of them. It just depends on what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, when you really want to nurse a certain account or like fix it or play with it, you just have to go into that account. You know. Uh, yeah, I do like some of the things you mentioned though about CodeSuite. How you can you can follow conversations, like it'll group things together for you, and you can you can click on a user's name, and it'll show you a bunch of your past conversations with them. I mean, those are kind of nice features. It seems like it's almost a little mini like CRM for Twitter. 
Because uh-huh. you can put note, you can put notes and reminders to do things for specific users and things like yeah. that. So it's pretty. You nice. can check it off if you're done with it. That's why right, I like right. it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like uh, you're spending most of your time in the tools you've mentioned already. But uh, what about you, what about you, Steve? Uh, where do you where are you spending most of your uh, your Twitter time? Um, these days? I've been using Nambu for a while on the Mac, and um, I like the UI. You can keep track of your searches in pretty easy. Um, ways and then on the iPhone I use TweetDeck, which is convenient to use. You don't use Tweety on the iPhone? No, I do not. <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> I love me some Tweety, but I don't know. I think I've had four Tweet or Twitter uh, applications on the iPhone so far, and TweetDeck is the latest one I'm using. So. Yeah, I'm still using well, Tweety as well on the phone. I keep uh, tweets fell around because it's got a really cool search. That's local a, or something or? it's just got some really like massive like let me i'm pulling it up right now just to um find out uh, some of the things it give, lets you like look within yeah local like within a radius um, let me pull it up here exact phrases you can look at none of these words hashtags people that you've sent stuff to referencing this person locations dates um attitudes positive negative questions um all <laughs> kinds of filters whether they contain links i mean so i haven't seen that on any of the other apps at least on the phone so. what, what was that one again it was tweetsville Tweetsville. Yeah, Tweetsville. TweetDeck, you know, I need to get into. That's sort of that's what I use on my desktop. I still have a BlackBerry, so I'm kind of old school. Nice. What are you using <laughs> on the BlackBerry? Uh, so far, the one that I like the best is called Uber Twitter. Okay. So it's, I it's use Uber nice. Twitter on BlackBerry as well. Nice. Yeah, it seems to be better. I think the other one was like TweetBerry or something like that. TweetBerry, yeah. TwitterBerry, yeah. But um, Uber Twitter kind of has a lot of more features, so nice. good. So as far as like listening, are there any good specific tools for doing that? As far as like aggregating what's happening out there and maybe tying it in with some metrics, um, you know, to kind of get really get at the root of what's happening with all the chatter about your organization. I use uh, just the search function. You know, what used to be Semise, right? On Twitter, um, every day, all day. Okay. And uh, we are, of course, as I've said before, lucky enough to have. Uh, use of Radian 6. Nice. That's, so that's they have a lot of pretty cool ways to check out who people are on Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very nice. Does, does Radian 6 have a, like, kind of, besides just the listening and monitoring, does it have the ability to do, like, campaign kind of stuff from within Twitter? Yeah, I think you just have to mess with your configurations in there, but absolutely. And what's really cool about it is not the fact that they can track stuff, because anybody can do that, right? But they have tools that um, analyze what you've tracked in a second. So they make neat graphs and and things like that. Right. Very cool. I'm envious. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I thought you guys uh, had that too, Daniel. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's me, yeah. ad hoc. Now, is that something that's uh, sort of unapproachable to most small nonprofits? Is that an expensive solution to implement, or what, what's sort of the deal behind that, Wendy? Well, I think they're the they're the least expensive corporation who's doing it in the in the sector okay uh, or but but yeah it's it's a lot do they have nonprofit rates i thought they had a, a discount for nonprofits is that true you know yeah their their nonprofit rate is half what their regular yeah. rate is it's good to know yeah now do any of you have you know i've set up through iGoogle you know a massive social media listening dashboard with everything under the sun from google alerts to twitter search rss results and um, dig RSS search result. You all use anything like that as far as uh, you know, manually sort of just watching feeds on a dashboard? Oh yeah, similar <laughs> thing on NetVibes. Okay, yeah, NetVibes, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I have a listening dashboard in iGoogle and NetVibes, and I just use blog lines. Okay. <laughs> it just depends on my mood, but I think I actually use blog lines the most because while it's not very visual, I can see like the last time I was I've updated it, you know? So it's easier for me to like check things off as opposed to my dashboards where I'm probably doing it wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite quotes from Mr. Mom. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> set up a Yahoo pipe for um, to track all of our chapters Twitter accounts because Ooh. now there's more than a hundred of them and I have to kind of keep an eye on on <laughs> what they're all saying so I feed that pipe into my RSS reader so I can I can always be updated about what they're specifically saying we're not allowed to have to download seismic or tweet deck here because of our IT firewall so I am relegated to that method I think Anna has to leave us now, which I knew she had a hard stop at four. So, um, Anna, I just wanted to, wanted to thank you in advance, or thank you now for being on the show. Thank we'll, you, we'll and I'll, um, I'll talk to you all on Twitter later. And yeah. Do you want to plug anything, and Chad will just edit it in? Yeah, would you, would you um, like that? Do you want, is there anything I want to plug? Um, well, I would like to plug something that's not totally related to Twitter, but it's um, the online nonprofit technology conference, Managing Technology to Meet Your Mission, that's going to happen September 16th and 17th. Great. And that's at n10.org forward slash ONTC. Hashtag ONTC. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, looking right. forward to it. Uh, thanks for being on the show again today, Anna. And uh, we'll talk to thanks you soon. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. See you, Anna. Bye. Bye, Anna. Well, let's uh, quickly uh, move on to uh, maybe the last topic. I thought we'd just look a little bit at maybe some organizations that are using Twitter well. Um, there's definitely a, some great examples out there. Um, you know, if you spring to mind with me, I, like I said, I always like to cite NWF. So there, you can't use that one, Danielle. Um, <laughs> I think you guys do really cool stuff there as well. Anyone else want to throw one out there that's doing a really good job on Twitter? I jotted down a couple when you asked earlier. So I really like uh, Miriam's Kitchen, which is a local D.C a food pantry okay. for the homeless. And they are, um, I've talked with the woman who runs it several times and she's just great. And I love what she's doing. And she's even been able to leverage it into, they're the, the recipient of the DC Twestival funds oh, that nice. are raised this year. So follow them. It's just Miriam's kitchen. And, uh, I also like share our strengths. One that comes to mind really quickly is, um, I think the Lance Armstrong, I think theirs is Live Strong. Yeah, I actually wrote that down too, but I knew you were going to bring it up. Yeah, that yeah. One. And I mean, also they, Live Strong CEO is the other good one, okay. Doug Ullman from, from Lance Armstrong. Totally. And, you know, they have they have a lot of material, obviously, so I think they have a little bit of a leg up on a lot of people. But, you know, I think Brooke McMillan, the, she runs kind of their main account, but I think they do a really nice job of sharing a lot of things. They try to pull in their community and retweet a lot of stuff that, their community is talking about and things like that. So, you know, I think they do a nice job with their account. Right. I really like that what they've been doing too with uh, everybody sort of getting one of the, the Live Strong bracelets sort of into their profile pic. Right. As I see Janet Fouts's avatar go by. Um, I just, I love those kind of things on Twitter. Um, you know, the, the Iran green thing kind of got a little weird after a while, but anytime <laughs> these kind of things happen, I think that's great for a brand. Um, I see these yes. go by all day and I think of, I think of Live Strong every time I see one. And uh, yeah. I think it's a great example of something that, uh, you know, a nonprofit can copy to really generate some buzz and awareness. Yeah. Like 12 for 12 K too. They, they've done a pretty good job with that. I'm going to go with the Red Cross because oh, I think, yeah. I think, no, 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 because honestly, I think that when it comes to the function of Twitter, like you guys are using it for good and I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also a lot of the local ones that I follow and, and get a chance to know, um, like 
BA state parks and things like that. They're just really smart about it. And I think they're, they're really staying, sticking with the mission and, and figuring out how to like engage people. And they don't have a huge number of even followers, but they make a really good Twitter friend, which to me matters. And, you know, if I'm like, I don't know what to do this weekend, they'll like send me cool places I could go. And I don't know. I mean, for me, I follow a lot of like nature people. So anytime you're actually getting people to get outside, that's a good thing. All right. I think nonprofits use Twitter the best, but I that's just do me. Too. I, I think I, I blogged about that a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, I remember that from South by Southwest. It seems like every time someone brought up an example in a session, it was always a nonprofit. This sector seems to really latch on to like how to use, not only how to use things well, but how to actually get results, I think, with it. so. Well, don't you feel like Twitter is all about passion in a lot of ways yeah. or like um, kind of connecting people together with similar interests, whether it's, I have a friend whose dad is on Twitter really actively and it's because he's really involved in the soccer community mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's like something you would never think, but, um, and nonprofits play a lot to that, you know, whether it's, you know, protecting people from disasters or getting people outside. I, I don't know. Well, it could be the nature of the short communication. It's sort of like a billboard. It's, you got to get a lot of information, and a lot of motion across in a very short amount of time a short amount of characters and uh, so I think that leads to a lot of really passionate tweets yeah. like you said it's cost effective mm-hmm. too yeah true I wish they'd get rid of follow Friday I'm not gonna lie but seems like it's been kind of dying down a bit maybe not yeah I can't I don't like it yeah. <laughs> Wendy knows this <laughs> no you know why is that it'll go away when it's time for it to go away yeah <laughs> just like hashtags that's right, right. I just feel like there's no way I could possibly mention all the people who I want to follow Friday sure. and so have any of you guys ever gone and looked at what other who other people are follow Fridaying and started to follow them or is it just purely an egomaniacal thing to do? I've definitely picked up some people to follow. I mean, when I see yeah. someone that I really trust online saying, "Hey, follow these people." A lot of times I do go and I at least at least a couple of them. I mean, usually it's a big string of nine names. Um, <laughs> sometimes it is, you know, but I, I honestly have I've picked off a few that way. A lot, of have, times, a lot of times it's when people say something specific about it, like follow these people because X, Y, and Z um, versus just a big list. You know? um, yeah, the list doesn't help me. Yeah. Right. I find that I follow more people, though, based on like other conversations they're having. Mm-hmm. Like I'll follow a few off Follow Friday, but I don't have time to like sift through everyone. <laughs> Whereas if I'm seeing that Wendy is communicating with one person a lot, I might follow them. You know? right, yeah. <laughs> really, social media is just stalking. Legally. Stalking <laughs> <laughs> media. Nice. I always say I'm a professional listener, but if uh, I'm going to tell the truth, I'm actually a professional stalker. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely it's, the quote of the show. Kind of <laughs> awesome. You feel, you feel like you're high tech or like you're some kind of secret agent. Yeah. Getting to know what's happening. Well, it is when you know when you pass on information that you've gleaned from Twitter to someone else in your organization that is not on Twitter. It it is as if you're some sort of superhero or magician. You know, I don't know if you've experienced that. Like we've passed on leads, we've passed on information to like software developers, and they're just always shocked that we have this information. And uh, you know, I think it's just a unique platform where you can have that kind of interaction with people. Okay. I actually hung up the phone today with someone saying, "I'll see you on Twitter." Oh, nice. <laughs> like. <laughs> I've said That's it. when you know it's just <laughs> it's beyond curable. Yeah. Whatever. We all work online. That's just the way it is. I don't think it's that weird. One thing that is cool is that there is um, Actly. Have you guys oh, checked yeah. this out? Love it. Yeah. Um, yep. Actly is really cool. And one thing that NWF's been trying to do is um, more action on Twitter. So, like, after you've taken one of our action alerts, there's actually tweet code you can copy and paste saying, I just took action here. And really getting people 
involved politically really easily by just retweeting something. Right. You know? Anyway. No, Ackley was great. I mean, it was sort of, uh, I'm surprised someone didn't come up with that sooner. Um, it's really? A, it's a natural combination, <laughs> Twitter and petitions. <laughs> well, it's the same stuff they're doing with YouTube now, right? That whole concept. So Yeah, yeah totally. Well, let's go around the horn and... Uh, why don't you guys give some shout-outs about what's going on? Wendy, let's start with you. What does the Red Cross have that uh, everyone needs to know about? As you may or may not know, the sexiest uh, month of the year is coming up, National Preparedness Month in September. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we will uh, we'll be launching a campaign called Do More Than Cross Your Fingers. Ah. Uh, hopefully making it really easy, because it is really easy, just to take three steps to prepare yourself for almost anything. That sounds great, because I know we, we're having a slow hurricane season, and I think pretty much everyone down here has kind of uh, put their guard down. Um, Did you knock on wood? Um, I am right yeah. now. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I lived through the Floyd evacuation, and uh, I'm not looking forward to another one. So um, I, I should probably go home and make sure my kit is in order. <laughs> so. There you go. All right. Sounds good. Um, Frank, what do you have for us? You know, no major events or anything like that going on. So just check out the netwitsthinktank.com. Yes. Always check out netwitsthinktank.com. Great stuff. You've been cranking it out, wondering what else you do besides blog, but uh, it's all good stuff. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> good. Well, it's definitely. Steve, hey, Steve, the plug for Steve is his new upcoming thing. You got to make sure all that gets on Netwits Think Tank anyways. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, I have a feeling I know what Steve's going to plug. What you got for us, Steve? So I'm going to plug um, Netwick's Summer Camp All right. the week of August 24th. If you go to www.blackball.com slash summer camp, you can sign up. It's um, five days, five sessions on five completely different topics from websites to email to social media, all this fun stuff. And um, as everyone's kids are going back to school, why not get a few days of summer camp learning and earn your merit badges about all this internet stuff. Yes. I'll be there for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, definitely good stuff. So check that out at blackbot.com slash summer camp. All right, Danielle, NWF, what's going on? Ah, uh, you know, um, we're actually, so there are a couple things. One, um, where the wild things are, the movie oh, yeah. is, um, was coming out and we actually partnered with them. So go see it no. <laughs> and then go outside for an extended period of time. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're launching alongside that um, a new program called Be Out There. And it's basically getting people outside and, and stuff like that. And if anyone is interested in serving on our parents advisory council, <clears throat> um, ah. <laughs> we're looking for people who want to get their kids outside and who, you know, could help us kind of with a couple of things, but we're looking for advisory board members. Cool. It should good. be fun. You get to hang out with me at some point. Yes. And even though I don't have kids, I, I should. But you're, you're a getting <laughs> so outside I advocate. And that's, I mean, we have the opposite problem. I can't seem to get my kids inside. So yeah, um, we'll see. This is a good thing. Then. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, okay. Cause we can give you more things to do outside. Love it. That's what, um, if you've ever been to nature find or it's nwf.org slash nature find. Okay. Um, it, it's still a work in progress, but it's basically uh, you can locate nature in your area, mm. and it's pretty neat. Um, so hopefully we'll start doing something Twitter-wise around that. But. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, this has been a great show. It's been a nice, friendly conversation. It's good stuff. Well, that does it for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank our guests, Danielle Brigida, Anna Richter, Wendy Harmon, Steve McLaughlin, and Frank Berry. You can keep up with the podcast and other webby things by following me on Twitter at twitter.com slash chadnorman 
or by checking out my blog at blackbot.com slash webbythings. If any of you listeners have any feedback, please send us an email at thebodcast at blackbot.com. Until next time, I'm Chad Norman, and thanks for listening to The Bodcast. Oh, it looks like Twitter's back. Oh, is it? Nice. Don't tell us that right now. <laughs> no, I'm just I have to go. No, I'm just kidding. I have to go. So can't be here anymore. <laughs> you know how you have like that silent flight or like that silent kind of fight over the armrest with a stranger? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not really a fight. You're very polite about it, but I had my elbow kind of next to hers, and I felt something sticky, and I looked down, and it looked like a murder scene. She was bleeding. Like, she had scraped her elbow and just didn't know it, and I was so traumatized. <laughs> the flight before that, someone came over the loudspeaker, or a flight uh, a flight attendant, and was like, "Are there? Is there a doctor on the plane? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the, the yeah. pilot is dead, really. Alex, I'll take things I don't want to hear for a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, there were three doctors. Does anyone know anything about physics? <laughs> Does anyone know how to land a plane? <laughs>